Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. having a conversation before the conversation we've had many conversations before we turn this recording on <laughs> we've like actually we been, have just... we've been talking for an hour before we started <laughs> i haven't talked to you in like a week i so, know so many things have happened we've had a lot to catch up on labor day weekend also can how is it september i feel like march lasted a year and a half and then the summer is gone how where did it go it's like already mid-september i don't understand <sighs> and how are we still wearing masks and in quarantine like this never ends. I know. 2021, come already. Do you think I, something's going to happen different in 2021? No, actually I don't. Um, I was listening to, or a friend of ours who's a speaker, um, Jeremy Anderson, he was saying that he doesn't expect big things to change until middle 2021, like at least as far as group events and speaking events and things like that. And I'm like, he's probably right, which is a little disheartening. I remember when, um, like the first lockdown happened, I thought it was going to be like two, three weeks and we'd be good. We can all laugh at that now. No. No, we it's have to good. wear masks, masks in California because all the fires, you got, you can't breathe. Yeah, we're okay. We're like a couple blocks from the beach and the air quality is not too, too bad here, but inland it's way, it's really bad. But I woke up the other day and um, went outside to our patio and it was covered in ash so crazy it is i mean it's all like overcast here and stuff there's definitely no sun but wild times but i will say people are like california's on fire and it like is but it's not if people don't understand Mm -hmm. like the way fire works it's not like blazing through neighborhoods it's only in the places where there's actually things to burn yeah so it's in these like big you know forests and stuff which is devastating obviously but it's not like blazing through huge towns and like taking like if firefighters go to the fire that's what they're mainly there to do is protect the houses and protect the buildings so they're not like out there with a hose trying to blast like a huge ass fire in the middle of a, a like forest that's what those helicopters are for mm-hmm. so i mean it's definitely like apocalyptic but we're okay yeah well, what's, it's, what's it new is in 2020 i know it is it's there's always something yeah. I don't know what well, I'm, I'm glad you're okay and uh, can breathe down there yeah we're good so anyway, today we actually want to talk about, we did an episode probably about a, actually it was about a year ago because it was in Austin and um, for my event. And we were, we did an episode on pulling back the curtain on influencers. So we talked a lot about the smoke and mirrors in the online business space. And I particularly loved that episode because it was super juicy. And as you guys know, Danny and I have been We've hosted a lot of events. We've hosted a lot of masterminds. We have been part of different masterminds. We've been in circles with people with seven-figure, eight-figure, nine-figure businesses. And some of the discussions that happen in those circles don't make it down to the average person who is following these accounts. So if you do have an internet business and you're not seeing people in person, it is very easy to fabricate a persona. And it reminds me a little bit, and I'll be interested in your take on this. Like, remember the early days when we were competitors and you only ever saw 
like the most amazing photos of competitors and fitness models in the magazines or on MySpace. And at that point, no one was really posting any sort of vulnerable pictures or pictures in their off season. But then you would go to like the Arnold Classic or the Olympia and you would see these fitness models who you like looked up to in magazines and they had like, they were like gained 30 pounds. Yeah. Of course they did, right? They're like, this, these diets were so restrictive and you like didn't really recognize them, but you would never ever see that photo online. So the, the thing that sucks about the internet sometimes is that you can truly just fabricate a persona and make shit up. Yep. And Danny and I, as you know, we are definitely flawed, but we do pride ourselves on being the same in person that we are on the podcast and that we are online. So Danny <laughs> posted today, change your Instagram bio. And for everyone who maybe isn't in the internet space, the Instagram bio is kind of like that. We call it like a pre-frame. It's like what you want people to know about you to increase their trust in you. So for example, as we're scrolling Instagram, maybe you come across something in the explore tab that you like, and then you go and you check out that person's profile. And the first thing you do is you look at their bio. And if they have things in their bio that make them seem like a big deal, best-selling author, seven-figure business owner, you know, help thousands of people do X, Y, Z, that's the whole point of that little real estate on Instagram is to make you seem like a fucking G. So Danny noticed that a couple of people we know are putting some bullshit up in their bio. So Danny changed hers. You want to read it to everybody? Yeah, I changed <laughs> So yeah, I just, I saw this, this person's bio and it just was. And we know this person personally. Yeah, we know them personally. And it just says like, it said, one of the things it says was number one virtual event of 2020. And I was thinking, how the hell do they know what the number one, because also the, re the other reason I said what the hell was because the week before I saw this guy running a challenge and he said his was the number one virtual event of 2020. So I was like, hmm, where's the person who votes on the number one event? So mine says top podcast host, number one person on the internet, 12 figure business owner, Etsy best-selling author. I'm your new best friend. <laughs> I, I like know who figures is. My favorite is number one person on the internet because that <laughs> just, that. That is better than everyone. Everything. Just number so one. So I shared it on my story and I said, this is 100% true. Prove me wrong. <laughs> because that's the thing. Someone can say number one virtual event of 2020. And how could you ever prove them wrong or prove them right? There's, is there yeah. a list somewhere? Yeah. And if there is a list, maybe it was on like Forbes.com and maybe they paid to be on that list. Oh yeah, let's talk about that. Forbes and Forbes and Yahoo Entrepreneur. Finance. Entrepreneur. The, yes, these I keep getting DMs from people saying, "Hey, Danny, do you want to be on this top ten list of entrepreneurs or top ten list of coaches or whatever?" They have their list, and you can pay to be on the list. So a couple of them, I said, "Oh, how much is it?" And he said, "Like seven fifty. So I was like, "Oh, I'm good right now. I'm using my marketing budget elsewhere." Then he. Then he hits me up a little later. Hey, we could still do it. We could do it for 500. And I was like, no, I'm good. Oh, we could do it for 250. I mean, they are getting people to pay to be on this list. So now, and I've had friends and bless their hearts, but I've seen them post like, hey, I made this list. And I'm just like, hmm, I wonder how much they paid <laughs> to be on the list. It's just, we, it's just, you guys from the outside don't know, but you yep. can pay to be on the Forbes list. You can pay to be on the entrepreneur list. I mean, all the things you can pay for. And so to me, once I found these things out, it, 
it kind of popped my burst my bubble a little bit but it's also very freeing so if you're one of those people who's brand new and you're just like oh my gosh i want to be i want to be a top podcast i want to be a best selling author i want to be on these top 10 lists why aren't i getting picked well maybe you're not getting picked cuz you're not paying <laughs> and the truth of the matter is is that you can be in all of those things, but at what cost? And I'm not saying it's wrong. I mean, there's there's a lot of reasons to do those kind of things. I know um, Jade spoke at Jill's Mastermind last year, and he's openly talked about buying uh, followers from for his Instagram. And mm -hmm. he's given his reasons why. He, you know, he gave some reasons just to have, kind of just to look better for a pub for publishing deals or things like that. And there's going to be reasons why you may want to, or you may not want to, um, if he's not trying to procure clients specifically from Instagram, then it's, that might be fine. But I think it's just really important to know because too often we beat ourselves up over not being the best or not being on top and realizing that you can either make shit up <laughs> and just say you're the best and nobody's going to check or you can get on these kind of weird lists by knowing the right people or spending a little bit of money over there. Yeah, you know, and I'm so glad you said that because I do think for people just getting into the space, it can be really discouraging. And I think for you and I, you know, we really do value honesty and transparency, obviously. And that's why that's obviously a core value of this podcast. And so we wanted to share with you guys some of the things that you might be seeing out there. And it's not that people are malicious. It's not that they are ill-intentioned. It's not that they're trying to like steal money. Typically, it's just because they are trying to get a leg up too. So they're trying to get an edge too. The problem I have is when it's just a lie. So I'll give you guys an example. There's a couple of things. So let's just say someone has seven-figure business owner in their profile. Now, that could be true, but it could be true in a couple different ways. They could be a seven-figure business owner because they spent seven figures in advertising, right? They did Facebook and Instagram ads. And maybe they are actually out money. Maybe they're actually in debt, but they did technically gross seven figures, but they paid more than that to be able to call themselves a seven-figure business. So you can spend ads, you can, maybe you're paying a huge team. So at the end of the day, maybe you take home a hundred grand yourself, which is awesome. And that's a, a good chunk of money, but that you're not taking home a million dollars. You don't have a million dollars in your bank account. And I think to the average person, it looks like that. It's like, I have a million dollars in my bank account. I'm a seven-figure business. There's a lot of different moving parts that have to go into that. Or you could have been in business for the last five years or 10 years or 20 years and maybe you made seven figures. I mean, I've made seven figures multiple times over the course of the last 10 years, but it's been over 10 years, not in one single year. So technically, I guess if I wanted to fudge the truth, I could say seven figure business owner. But to me inside, that would be untrue because the assumption is I know as if you're looking at my bio and you're a consumer, I know the assumption is that I, you think that I made that this year or yeah. that I'm making that currently or making that month to month, right? And so I think we leave a lot to the imagination of the consumer and just assume that they're going to think that we are whatever that, that is and not actually be truthful about what exactly is happening. Yes. I've seen the seven figure business owner so many times or even six figures. And one of our friends posted that you could have a six figure business more profitable than a seven figure business, a seven figure more profitable than eight figure. And Jill and I both know plenty of people. I have a friend who specifically told me she made 
million dollars one year and spent three million dollars and the only thing keeping her afloat was a side gig kind of thing and just you know even for my own personal example um we've been working on this little side shopify store over quarantine and we finally were sitting down to do the our numbers and jeff was like well we made twenty thousand, and i was like awesome and he goes but we spent 22 and so when you have to spend more to make that back it's it doesn't it's not the same, right? So I could easily post like, look, we made 20,000 in four months. But if I don't post that or talk about, or if I was trying to teach somebody that I actually spent 22 to make 20, I think it would be deceitful. And I've seen a lot of businesses do that too. And people going, you know, they show their numbers like, hey, look at our revenue. We made six figures this year, but they're not showing what it actually took or what they spent to get there because Facebook ads can really get you there. Um, and it's very much, it's very much, something that isn't really talked about. And I think that it's important to know. Um, now we've just, we, the week after we did our numbers, we hit 30 grand in revenue and we spent 24. So we've made six grand, but that's what's so crazy is I could show that we made quote 30 grand, but we've actually really only made six when you look at the entirety of it. So it's a really big difference in someone's mind. And it's, we have to just be a little bit more aware. And Jill and I were talking about before, like, how do you know? How can you tell? Well, it's funny because if you're not in this space, you're not asking questions. You and I are constantly asking questions, like yep. just because we are understand the space more. So like we have the uh, insight and curiosity to be like, well, is that actually true? I'll give you an example. I saw someone's bio that said something like 6,000 a month, 60,000 a month. Now I can guarantee you that she probably made $60,000 one time in a launch. I have made a hundred grand in nine days before, but I would never say and tell someone that I make a hundred grand every month, but that's the inference, right? Like yes. even though she didn't say that, she said 6,000 to 60,000 a month. And it's like, okay, so people are thinking, oh my God, she makes $60,000 a month every month. She probably did one single launch one time that made $60,000, which is a lot of money, by the way, that's not like a nothing. But the inference is that you're consistently making that month to month. And that is a disservice to the average person looking at that. Mm, so good. As, as you were saying it, I knew you were going to say she probably made it one, one, one time. time. And just, you know, I think in general, we have this, I, and I don't have this. I've actually gotten in, I don't want to say fights with Jeff about it, but uh, the exaggeration. So when we were first starting this store, he was talking to one of his buddies and we had our first, like we were just getting our sales and it, we had like $150. I think we had our, our highest day at that point was $240. And that was after three days of like $100 sales, $100 days. And so he's on the phone with his friend. He's like, yeah, man, we're doing like two, we're doing $250 days. And his friend's like, man, that's like 7,500 a month. And he got off the phone and I was just like, what are you talking about $250 days? He's like, well, we did. I said, first off, it was 240. Second, we only did it one time. So don't be saying we're making, doing $250 days. This kid thinks we're doing seven grand a month on this. And like, we just barely made the first 250. Now, it happened again. We started doing consistently $1,000 days. We hit one $3,000 day, consistently 1500 to two grand. But of course he's on the phone. He's like, yeah, we did $3,000 days. And I was like, one $3,000 day. I was like, I tend to skew low. I'll say we do $1,000 days, even if it's above that. 
but I'm not going to give a number that we hit one time. And so no. I just, I, it really viscerally bothers me. So he's been really doing better about it. And like, I've heard him tell people and he's kind of toning it down, but I'm like, yo, don't need to exaggerate. I just, and it happens. And I think it's because it's so much in this industry. Yeah. It just really, it, is. it just rubs me the wrong way. And I was like, we don't need to be a part of that. We don't need to be like those people yep. because, because it gives everyone a completely different idea of how you're doing. Well, and it's a lie. That's the whole point. Like my whole thing is like, I understand law of attraction. I do understand like be, do, have. I understand all these things like fake it till you make it. Like I understand you have to have the belief. You have to act like the person that's already making that. I do believe that, but I think that lying is the line, right? Like, yes. So it's not to downplay your success, not a limiting belief that you don't believe you can. It's just like reality. Like yeah. to me, it doesn't, it's not a negative, like in the, the manifestation world, you know this, there's this idea that if you say anything negative, that you're like sending yourself in this like negative cycle. So you always have to be positive. You always have to be like, but I think I see a lot of people with delusion when it comes to that. Like to me, this is just reality. To me, I would much rather be uh, honest about where we're actually at so that we can move forward instead of pretending like we're like we can do no wrong and our business is on a like is on a rocket ship. It's like, yeah, it could be. But also I want to do my due diligence. I'm not like a Pollyanna about it. Like we have some like real challenges ahead and I want to know those and I want to be abreast of it. And I want to like have all the, the information so that I can continue to get better. So I think it, when it comes to lying, that's where I draw the line, the sand. And this is the hard thing about this business. There are no checks and balances. Mm -hmm. There's no way to check someone. There's a couple of businesses. I know like Buffer does, um, they're completely transparent with all of their um, financials. They publish their financials, I think once a month. There are some internet businesses that do that. And I think that's a huge service to kind of see like, okay, what's actually happening in the business? They don't have to do that. But yeah. I would say most people fudge the truth to appear more successful because success begets success. Yeah. So if I tell you seven-figure business owner, I'm probably going to get more opportunities than someone who doesn't say they have a seven-figure business, which kind of sucks, which is why all of us listening need to be independent thinkers and ask questions. I love it. It is that it's like, we're trying to appear more successful. And to me, it's, and Hey, maybe this is social why proof, I, man. Yeah. I think maybe, maybe it's hurt me. Maybe not. I don't know. But for me, it's always been until I can maintain that. I'm not going to say, I, and I think maybe this came from my gymnastics thing too. Like we would try a new trick and my coach is like, if you land it once, it doesn't count. You land it twice, you maybe got lucky three times, like now you got it, right? So for me, unless I can do something consistently, I'm not counting it. Like it could be a fluke. You could do a six-figure launch one time or a 60K month one time, but that doesn't mean you're doing that consistently. And it doesn't, it also doesn't mean that that was profit, you know? Totally. So I think, I don't know. I just, I just think it's really important to be really honest. And I've always loved that about you too. And in your marketing and you're like, and, and I've heard you teach this to your girls is to say, hey, dozens have signed up. You know, if you have 12, you can say dozens. Don't say hundreds have signed up if you're not having hundreds. Don't say thousands if it's not thousands. If you have 110, you could say hundreds. <laughs> but if it's not 100, then you don't say it's 100. And so I think it's really important that we, we have more honesty. And it is hard when, especially when you're new and you, you're looking at the people who you're kind of admiring and wanting to be like, it's kind of like what you said when we met the old fitness models. Once you get to know the truth, you're like, oh, oh. they're not like this. And in some ways it makes you feel better because um, you're like, maybe I'm not as far behind as I thought. But then 
what happens is I think a lot of people see that and go, oh, that's what I need to do too. That's what I need to do. So now huge I have mistake, to start, man. I need to start lying. I need to start skewing the truth. And it's just... Just and if you don't have like an, a conscience about you and you don't have like some sort of like honor code and integrity about like how, cause that's the thing. It's like, I couldn't sleep at night. I could lie the fuck out of my business and no one would ever know except I would know. And that feeling inside is so gross to me. So I think, you know, it's actually interesting. I had a call the other day with some of my uh, coaching members and one of them, we were talking about what I call back pocket strategies, these kind of like internet business tactics that you can pull out when you feel like people are on the fence and they're unsure about buying, but you want to make them take action faster. So we talk about something called um, fast action bonuses. People who take action within the first 24 hours get some sort of bonus. We've talked about expiring bonuses, like everyone who purchases by X date gets this additional bonus. We've talked about... Um, downsells where if you have a coaching program, you can actually then downsell people into more of a self-paced version of that after the sale is over. And we talked about something called a bonus day. And this is widely done across the space. It's basically like we, we close the card. So for example, you're promoting something for a week, say, and it closes Sunday night at midnight. And then you usually take like one reset day. And then maybe you might open it one more day on Tuesday maybe at a, like a self-paced version or more of a DIY version. It's kind of like, hey, if you missed it or the price point was too expensive for you, here's an alternative if you just want the information, right? So it's kind of like a bonus day. You open it for one more. But the problem with bonus days is when you always do them, people just assume they don't take you seriously. So when you yeah. say the cart closes Sunday at midnight and then it doesn't, they're like, okay, but there's going to be a bonus day, right? So you can't use this strategy all the time. Someone in the group said, Oh, we did that one time and we just said that, you know, um, our buy button broke. So that's why we opened it up again. And I was like, ooh, but also that's a lie because that's yeah. not true, right? So I said, you know, I don't love lying at all and I will never lie in my business. So, and I don't want to say this to like put him, put him on the spot. I felt like I didn't want to like call him out, but I just said, if you had someone who was trying to check out and they just couldn't get it, like maybe you had a couple people who were having trouble with PayPal then you could say, you know, a handful of people have had some trouble with PayPal and we're not sure how many other people did. So we wanted to open it up for one more day now that PayPal is working again. If you wanted to get in, you can get in, right? So there needs to be some relevant, like there needs to be some yeah. little bit of truth and honesty to the thing that you're saying. You don't just make up shit, Right. You could say something along the lines of, you know, I'm actually not going to be launching this again for another year. So I want to make sure maybe you were just busy this weekend. Maybe you didn't check your email this weekend and we closed on Sunday. So I'm going to open up for 24 hours just to make sure that if you did want it, you have it. Right. So it's all these kind of things yep. that if you don't have that internal kind of moral compass, that it just that nothing means anything. Yes. When, when you were telling me this before we recorded, I just, my mouth dropped open because I've had the PayPal thing happen before. And I, I remember just being horrified and going, oh my gosh, we have to keep this open longer because I didn't know for like six hours, PayPal wasn't working. But I was like, I had no idea that people were using that as a tactic. And it just, it's so silly to me. I, I know that I've worked with people in the past. I had a client that I was working with and he would do two sales a year. He had these big, big sales. He'd make most money at Christmas and then he called it Christmas in July. So the two sales. Well, because of the Christmas in July doing so well through his email list, he's like, well, let's do another sale on Labor Day. And so the sales were really great. And then he's like, let's do it again for Veterans Day. And soon he was doing sales every single month. So suddenly people, the Christmas in July and Christmas specials, 
they weren't buying anymore because nearly every month he had the same exact sale and he was getting so upset. Like, why aren't people buying like they used to? We used to have, you know, $300,000 months in July. I go, cause they know you're just going to do another sale next month. So <laughs> when you have scarcity or you're telling people, this is it, this is the only time they know Victoria's secret. They have like their semi-annual sale. People buy because that's it. It's semi-annual. It's not monthly sale. If it was monthly sale, everybody would kind of just shrug their shoulders and go, okay, I'll just get my bra when I need to get my bra instead of stocking up during the big sale. So it is so important that when you say you're going to end something, when you do, you do it. And of course you might be missing out on sales because people who missed it, but guess what? That's why you do it because the next time they're going to pay attention. Mm -hmm. If you start, it's like you're training them. You train mm -hmm. people to buy and you train people how you are going, like you're training people when you're marketing. Yep. And so you have to ask yourself, how are you training them? And what are you training them to do? Are you training yep. them to wait and procrastinate? Or are you training them to take action? Yep. You know, it's so good because we can talk about this from like the entrepreneur perspective. And we can also talk about this from like the consumer perspective. I think that I would like to see a lot more honesty and transparency in this industry. Um, but here's a couple of insights that you can glean is if you look at someone's profile, and I'd be interested in your take on this, Danny, or like what ways you feel like people can really figure out the truth. If the person is, a to me, if, they're, if they do have a legitimate business that is doing well and is, and they, but they have all this, these things in their bio, like best-selling author and seven-figure business owner and like all these kind of things that you might be putting on your like, your little microscope, like maybe, or is this true? Like, and, and asking that question, go and look at their engagement, right? Go and look in, at their engagement in their posts and see if they have a trusting audience. You'll be able to see that pretty quickly. You know, it's not so many like likes. You can buy likes, unfortunately. Like some people have such manufactured businesses that they bought followers, bought likes, bought themselves onto new, like literally they have these Band-Aid businesses where they're buying ads. Like I had this conversation with Andy the other day, who's my like ads guy. And I said, do people really just have businesses based on ads? He was like, yeah. They just have these manufactured businesses based on ads. There's no personal element to it. They're not a per no one is connecting with the person. Whereas you and I have almost the opposite. You know, I layer on ads and I know you do too when it's like convenient, but not without the organic reach. Like I would never just, and I'm not saying it's bad, but there's a lot of ways that you can build your business. And so if you just have a shitload of money that you're willing to throw at stuff, you can buy followers, you can buy likes, you can buy ads, you can buy, like you can buy all this stuff, but look at the comments, look at the comments on posts. Are they legit comments or are they bots? Like you'll be able to tell, like, look at some of that stuff. And it's funny because brands now are doing a lot more of that. They used to just ask you if brand wanted to like do some sort of brand partnership with you, they would just ask you how many followers you had. But now they want to know what your engagement numbers are like. Yeah. And not only just bot engagement, right? Because you can even buy bot and you can buy comments and shit like that. But look at the quality of the conversations happening. And you guys can access all of that stuff. It's all out there in the posts. It's all out there in, you know, the stories. It's all out there on the pages. Like go and look at the quality of the comments and you'll see if this person has legit business. It's, I love that you mentioned that your conversation with Andy, that some people do have fully like their whole business is run with ads because I'm um, working with a client and he's kind of going into a new area. So we've been running ads to these webinars and Facebook this last two months has been really, really 
weird and strict. And um, I was doing a workshop, a money workshop about two or three weeks ago, and we were going to attempt to do um, some ads with it. And my Facebook ads manager shut down. And so I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? We really wanted to experiment with these ads. And I was, I was like, I need to just do this anyway. So I did my email list. I asked a couple of friends to post for me and I was still able to run the workshop. On the other hand, this client has been doing all ads and his ads manager shut down the same week and we had to cancel the whole thing because he didn't have the people following him for that particular um, Mm. content. And he also said he wasn't comfortable like saying that to his audience to get him. So instead of being able to run it anyway, even though like I ran mine anyway, and maybe it wasn't as many people as I hoped with the ads. And I still don't know how that would have ended up anyway, but with the with the followers I have and with the people who have been with me a while, they felt that they could sign up versus this guy didn't have that, didn't have that trust built in. And so we had to cancel the whole thing until the ads came back on. And so it's so important to be able to like really build a, an organic audience. And I think you can have both, but I think the, that small group is going to be the ones that you can count on, you know, those customers that you can count on to be there for you and, and you're going to be there for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, even if you do run ads and bring in new people that might be qualified leads, they still don't know you yet, right? So even if you did, you ran it for your webinar and you got some new people, they might not have been warm enough to purchase quite yet. But that's a good relationship. Like you can still warm them up over the next however many months and even years and they probably will end up purchasing. But I think it's, you know, it's it's kind of trying to like um, hot wire a business. So I think that you can't ever get away with just being you have to love this stuff, don't you? Like you have to show up, you have to like be consistent, you have to build a body of work, you have to build like loyal following, you have to be honest, you have to be trustworthy, you know, and it's maybe, I don't know, maybe the joke's on us. Maybe we should have just been lying. (laughs) I just know I couldn't live with myself. Like sure, maybe I'd have like a, you know, nine figure business, but I don't, I just couldn't do that. So at the end of the day, I think as a consumer, Danny and I are always on high alert with this shit just because we've been in so many of these circles where I'm like, is this the twilight zone right now? Like, why is this, like this conversation is like, wait, what? Like we don't lie about this. So we've definitely been in those spaces. So I think we are on high alert, but as a consumer, I would definitely question, you know, like what you're seeing. And if you are trying to build your business, try not to get discouraged. There's so many smoke and mirrors. If someone has a huge business, I guarantee you they are spending a shitload on ads you know, and like they should though, you know, that's the thing is like, you know, once you start making more money, you will be spending more money. So like the old adage goes when it comes to advertising, whoever has the most money wins. Mm-hmm. Cause like, so if you're just getting started, you have no cash, you have no like resources to put into your business. But as you start making money, yes, you should put money into ads. But all I'm saying is be truthful with that. So for example, when Jade talked to the mastermind, it was like, he talked about buying followers he was very much like, yeah, I bought followers. I don't know that I'd recommend it, especially if you are trying to teach people business. Imagine like coming to me as a business coach. And the first thing I told you is fucking buy followers. Like that's the same thing as going to a trainer and them immediately, you know, recommending a bunch of supplements. It's literally the exact same thing. There's some groundwork and a lot of foundational work. Now Jade had a really big organic following and a really trust trusting following. So he was able to like slowly started by like 5,000 followers here, like 3000 followers there. And he used like multiple different programs. And he was super honest about all of that. I'm sure he wouldn't mind us saying that in this podcast, but he owned it. But he also did a lot of the organic legwork for the last fucking 12, 15 years, right? So 
Yes. Layer on ads later, but you can't get away with just a Band-Aid business in my opinion. Yeah. And he's also not promoting himself as a Instagram guru of how to get a hundred thousand followers when he bought them as well. And that's something that also really irks me is Mm -hmm. the person who's teaching a method um, of how to get there, but not teaching the way that they actually got there. So it's, I mean, back to you with the like supplements, you know, I remember when I was in the fitness industry, uh, I had a photo shoot with this photographer and she goes, so what are you on? I was like, what do you mean? What am I on? She's like, yeah, what are you taking? And I was like, I don't know what you mean. She goes, yeah, are you taking a clonopin or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Clen and something else. And she said these couple of names. I'm like, I don't know what that is. She goes, everyone's taking it, all the pros. And I remember thinking in my head, I know who she shot. Like I could name all of these like pros. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're all taking that. And I was, I felt so duped. I was like, I've been eating this strict for this long (laughs) and I could have just taken some kind of pills that would have helped me. And it's, it's just like that. They're these pros, they were writing magazines about their diet. And then at the same time, they were taking these prescriptions or things that were illegal to help them maintain or get this physique. And I was in there doing it the hard way. And so I think it's important to know that there's coaches out there telling you how to grow a big following and they bought their following or they're teaching you how to do this six-figure launch but the way they did it is really shady under the table so they're teaching you one way but not the actual way they did it and I have a problem with that too yeah I mean it's a live omission right so Mm -hmm. someone's like hey I'm going to teach you how to have a hundred thousand followers on Instagram and how to grow that they'll they'll tell you the stuff you know the like cookie cutter shit like show up consistently answer your dms great content be polarizing they'll tell you all that and all that's part of the recipe but they're going to leave out the thing right? They're going to leave out the thing that feels the most shameful. I think we actually talked about this a couple episodes ago where it's like, you know, cause yeah. we just are scared to, to talk about the thing, but I respect someone like Jade so much more yes. for coming clean and also going, yeah. And also being consistent and also having great content and also having like, yes, do all the organic strategies. But then if you are going to layer on ads after, or you're going to buy followers after, here's what I did. And I don't know that I'd recommend it. I don't know if it'd work for you or not. Like be honest, just be honest. So little rant today, but I think this was a good one, especially if you're in this space, you guys, as, and everyone is, you're either a consumer or you're an entrepreneur. So just be aware. And, you know, I, I don't know that we need to be like on our high horse and like righteous about this, but I do believe that you'll sleep better at night if you're honest with yourself and with your audience. Yep. And also, um, since I'm a 12 figure business owner, I want somebody to let me know what that number is. Is it a gazillion? I think that's the jillionaire. That's I'm a jillionaire. That's oh my God. We never told that story. (laughs) If you want to know what a jillionaire is, it's uh, someone who makes between half a million and a million a year. That's me. (laughs) I've made that for the last nine years. A jillionaire. I love it. So good. I need to have a name that has ill (laughs) so I could be a billionaire. Dillionaire. Dillionaire. That's a a 12 figure business. I think it's a trillion. I think maybe I'm going to, I'm going to ask Siri after we hang up. (laughs) That's a, it's a, it's a billion trillion. Yep. All right, y'all. Well, anyway, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. If you think we're just throwing everyone under the bus or, you know, maybe I'm going to leave my bio up for a while. I'm waiting for people to see it. I already shared it's my story. It's the best. (laughs) No one can prove it wrong. Nope, they cannot. Nope. All right. That's all I have. 
All right, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye.